The following is a presentation of Main Street Preps, your source for high school sports in Middle Tennessee. Exclusive interview with Station Camp Brent Alexander following their upset win. Welcoming in Montgomery Central and Clarksville Academy coaches, our Athletes of the Week, picks, and more. All that coming up next. This is Coach Beak with Brady and Zach covering Montgomery and Sumner County football. Here are your hosts, Brady McAtemney and Zach Womble. Hey everybody, welcome back to Coach Speak with Brady and Zach. My name is Brady McAtemney. I'm the sports editor of uh, May Street Clarksville. And I'm Zach Womble, the sports editor here in Sumner County for the, for the Gallatin News, the Hendersonville Standard, and the Portland Sun. And we got another great show coming up for you. As always, uh, we got a couple uh, cool interviews for you guys this week. Um, a couple coaches that we're welcoming back for the second time, as well as a sideline recording from Zach. I think that might be the first time we're actually uh, bringing in that kind of interview. Yeah, listen, I, when you can get a hold of Brent, you take advantage of it. You know, we've been struggling all year to get him onto this show. So I just thought, you know what, this is my opportunity. I'm going to try to take it. And uh, thankfully, he was he was great to talk to. That's right, and what better time to talk to him than after a huge upset win over Mount Juliet? I mean, how, how big of a win is that? Listen, Brady, I, I don't think we can put into words how big of a win it is because this is a program that went years, two, two, um, basically two and a half years without a win during the regular season. I know they beat Hunter's Lane at the end of 2020 in a COVID game that Nashville allowed Hunter's Lane to play. Uh, but as far as in the regular season, it, you know, they hadn't had a win, like I said, in two and a half years. And then to open the season with a win on the road at White House, and that has kind of just snowballed for them. And and to be down 14 points going into the fourth quarter at home against a very talented Mount Juliet team, a Mount Juliet team that many of us thought was poised to make a run at Chattanooga in that gold football, to, to get that victory at home, to improve to 6-0, be 3-0 and in region play, and essentially be in the driver's seat for a region championship, is is uh, like I said, I, I don't know if how, if we can put into words how big of a win uh, for Brent Alexander for that program is. Coach, first thing I got to ask you about is you know you go for two down there to take the lead. You sent out your kick team at first, so why the hesitation? What ultimately led you, and what ultimately led you to go for it? I was just messing. I was going for it the whole time. Okay. Yeah, I'd already called it. I just gave my uh, um, I was going to call the timeout. I gave my OC just a minute to make sure we were ready to go, but we had already called it somewhere back here around the 50. <laughs> was that decision made yesterday or, or prior to tonight? Um, as far as the two points, I mean, the play, yeah, we already had the play ready to go. But as far as uh, being in the situation, I mean, we didn't know. But I know when we got the ball, we were driving. I already told uh, Kevin, I said, we're going for two just in case you want to know early. <laughs> yeah, so I t- but I told them I was going to run to kick the team on the field goal team. I already told my center, I said, you're not snapping the ball no matter what happens. <laughs> so, listen, 6-0, I know I know you're a coach that likes to downplay a lot of things, but it's hard to overlook the, the turnaround that, that, that Station Camp has had. What has been the biggest factor so far this season, and what can you say for this program just to be in this position now? I mean, it's twofold. I mean, number one, I think just just being where we're supposed to be is 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 important. I mean, just being where you're supposed to be to give you the opportunity to compete is very important. The second part of that is uh, our players have been through, and probably some of our some of them and some of our parents probably say flat out torture the last year. I mean, we hit the we hit the weight room uh, one week or a couple of whatever two weeks after the end of the season, whatever it was last year. We hit it. Uh, we we tried to keep it open as much as we were allowed to keep it open, and we encouraged them to get in there. They uh, 
they work out hard, fast. They created a tempo. Uh, we we learned, you know, everybody at this point in time, the, the secret's kind of out of the bag. They know we like to play fast. We like to move. We don't care about getting tired. We want to keep on moving. We play a lot of guys, and that's just what we do. And, you know, they're all about it. It's a lot of guys. I mean, we play 40 guys without even trying to sub. So, I mean, it's just that's what we do, and we're just going to keep doing it. It's hard not to notice Luke Dickens, a sophomore, unofficially close to 150 yards on the ground tonight. I know he, I know he hurt his collarbone preseason, so it held him out the first start. But was tonight, what did you see tonight? What made you guys so excited in the preseason? Not what you saw tonight. A hundred percent. I mean, we um, obviously we had a lot of the quarterback controversies going on and uh, or competition, and you know we didn't know exactly which direction we were going luke got hurt which uh you know the whole time we, we were not really certain we just know that luke dickens with the ball in his hands is a special kid that that's all whatever position he is he's special now it's about uh, for us as coaches you know how do we cultivate hone that in so that he can be um you know have games like this week in and week out but shout out to station camp man they they never gave up they always kept fighting and even when things get 17 to 7 following a pick six and a safety that gave Mount Julia the lead. This is a team that just kept fighting, kept clawing. Shout out Luke Dickens, who I'm going to get into a little bit later. Sophomore running back uh, showed out and showed why coaches were so excited about him in the preseason before his injury. But yeah, man, 6-0, 3-0 on the East Bank in the driver's seat for the region title. You know, they've got a big game this week uh, against Wilson Central that we'll dive into. And even if they win, they don't lock up a region championship, but nevertheless, to be in a position to host a home playoff game for the first time since 2013 is something that we just could not overlook. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. You don't often see a team going uh, from being starved for wins to being you know, a potential state contender. So um, incredible turnaround by Station Camp. Um, and then there was a big uh, win here in uh, Montgomery County last week as well, the game that both Zach and I picked, um, one that I picked correctly. Uh, I would like to add, uh, was the uh, Kenwood Knights beating Portland 32-27. to That game was absolutely huge for Kenwood and their uh, potential playoff chances. That now gives them a chance to maybe slide in as the number three seed. Um, but if not, they uh, are in, in, they control their own fate to get into the postseason this year. Um, that was just an absolutely great game. We had one of our guys, Blaine Keller, there, and uh, he, he, was, he was loving it, man. I mean, that game was just back and forth, a lot of fourth-quarter lead changes. Um, big shout out to Jalen Washington, who uh, again I'm going to uh, be talking about. Similar like uh, like what Zach was saying there, um, but Kenwood is uh, I, I mean that's a really big win for them, potentially the biggest win uh, under head coach Les Greer. Yeah, I mean that, a massive win, and, and you know Brady flexes his muscles a little bit on a correct pick. I'm I'm going to say this for you know for the Portland game. You know we go to press on Sunday, so I, I'm forced to pick games on Sunday for Portland. Uh, this was before I found out West was not going to miss the game or was going to miss the game. I, I don't know how much that plays a role, but I mean, not having your head coaches has got to be tough for the kids. I mean, listen, I'm sure Grant West did a fantastic job. You know, West would not have handed him the reins if he didn't have full confidence in him. But I am wondering how big of a deal it was not to have your head coach on the sidelines because at the end of the day, you know, Grant is a good football coach, but he's still a different football coach than Wes. So, you know, maybe there was a situation in a game where, you know, Wes may have done something that Grant did or, or even vice versa. Maybe Grant did something that Wes didn't, that Wes wouldn't have done. Um, regardless, listen, I don't want to take anything away from Kenwood, a massive, massive region victory for them. Um, but listen, I, you know, I said 
whatever episode it was, maybe one, two, or three, that I thought Portland was going to play for a region championship. That's obviously not going to happen now with a loss to Kenwood in Springfield and Henry County uh, battling for that one and two spot. But nevertheless, this is a Portland team that could still get that second seed depending on how they do against Springfield and Henry County to close out the season. But it doesn't look good if you can't beat Kenwood on the road to to be able to beat Springfield or a Henry County. Um, but, hey, shout-out to the Knights for, for getting a very massive critical win for their postseason hopes. That's right, and and really the biggest thing the biggest thing to take away here is that these teams are are being competitive, and uh, you just you love to see that um, in this region. Absolutely. Well, why don't we take this into our players of the week? Um, I think we've already both touched on uh, who we got this week, but uh, Zach, why don't you take it away? Yeah, so we're going to look at Station Camp sophomore Luke Dickens. Um, he was our Hendersonville Standard Player of the Week this week in our newspaper, but is our Coach Speak Player of the Week here in Sumner County. Dickens finished with 29 carries for 158 yards and one two-point conversion. Didn't have any touchdowns on the game, but he was clearly the best player on the field uh, Friday night. And, you know, this was a player who was poised to be the starting quarterback for the Bison, but broke his collarbone just, I think, two days after they put on pads in July. So he was obviously out four to six weeks and uh, four to eight weeks, excuse me, and they've kind of just been slowly but surely bringing him along. You know, Stacey Camp got a little bit lucky in the Parker Brown situation. Parker Brown, of course, starting his high school career out at Beach before transferring to Gallatin where he spent nearly two seasons as the quarterback there before making his way over to Station Camp. So they were actually got a little bit lucky getting a senior signal caller to, to take over for Luke, but – Listen, man, Luke is a special, special player with the football in his hands. I knew it when he was an eighth grader at Station Camp Middle School. I don't take a lot of credit in covering middle school football, but you notice the big-time players that are coming up to the high school level, and he was one that you noticed. And and listen, like I said, he showed out against Mount Juliet, 158 yards, one two-point conversion that put them ahead for, for good, 28-27. So Luke Dickens, our Sumner County Player of the Week this week. Absolutely very well-deserving, and another guy who is very much deserving is Jalen Washington, senior quarterback for the Kenwood Knights. This guy is a three-year starter for Kenwood, um, probably the best quarterback in Montgomery County. I think uh, most people would agree with me on uh, that statement. Um, I mean, you just look at the at the Kenwood game where they didn't have Washington against Springfield, and you see them lose 47 nothing. That just, that just kind of goes to show um, how important this guy is to this team. Um, and then when they got him against Portland, they win that game. Uh, he threw for 224 yards and four touchdowns, uh, two of them to Contavious Barnes, one to Corbin Howard, and one to JoJo Smith. And get this, uh, he also had the game-winning interception. Um, head coach Les Greer is saying he that he he kind of just wants to you know get Jalen on the field at this point. You know, you don't often see a quarterback, especially at um, at, at bigger schools like Kenwood. You know, obviously a 5A program. Um, you don't see them putting their quarterback out there on defense all the time because, you know, you know that, that's a prime position for them to get hurt. You know, maybe they 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 hurt their arm, they land on their hip weird. Um, but I mean, at this point, Les Greer, he, he's just saying, you know what, Jalen's probably the best guy we got on either side of the ball. Let's just get him out on the field. He start played his first ever full game at safety, comes up with game winning interception after throwing four touchdowns. So, Jalen Washington, absolutely deserving of uh, being our Montgomery County Player of the Week. Yep, was the player of the week, player of the game. And, um, yeah, listen, if, if at this point in the season when you're fighting for your playoff life, your best player, just get them on the field. You know, just take Absolutely. it one game at a time. And, and, listen, I mean, obviously you don't want them to get hurt, but this was a region win that they needed. And 
hey, listen, you got to put all your chips in at that point. And it sounds exactly what Coach Greer did. So shout out to Kenwood for the big victory. We welcome in Scott Murray to Coach Speak today, head coach of the 5-2 and two Clarksville Academy Cougars. Scott, how you doing today? Doing well. How are you guys? Doing very good. So, uh, Scott, you're coming off your guys' second loss of the season against a very good Donaldson Christian Academy uh, team. Uh, why don't you tell us what you saw in that game, and um, if you guys think that you might be able to take some things out of that game playing against a uh, potential state contender like that. Well, we, we found out, you know, we played the number one and the number two team in Division 2A. Uh, they happen to be in our region, Nashville Christian and Donaldson Christian Academy, and they're both ranked that for a reason. Uh, they're very talented football teams and brought it right down downhill to us, hit us in the mouth, and uh, we didn't exactly respond the way that we wanted to respond. Uh, we played very well at times this season. When we played poor teams, we have played great. When we played average teams, we've done what we needed to do to win. And uh, the couple of times that we played uh, a couple of the best teams in the state, we just really haven't played up to the expectation or met the standard. And uh, that's one of those teaching things that we're trying to get our kids through and explain to them what those games are going to be like and what you have to do uh, each and every play to be successful. Scott, you guys got Grace Christian Academy coming up here. Um, it says on Max Preps it's a non-district game, but if I do remember correctly, it is a district game. Uh, that is correct. Yes, is. yes, sir. That's right. That's what I thought. So uh, you guys are both uh, a couple of the teams that uh, could very well be contending for a number three or number four spot in the district. Um, what have you guys seen out of Grace Christian Academy so far on film? Well, they're very well coached. Uh, they like to throw the ball around a lot. Um, do really, really good. The coach, coach Smith does a great job with his route schemes and how he schemes teams up, and, uh, route combinations and things like that. They get to the ball on defense. They're a good, solid football team. Uh, we expect a good football game on Friday night with them. Coach, I, I want to go back to the to your losses real quick, if you don't mind. Uh, you, you are a coach, obviously, trying to build a program and a culture over there. You have seen the top one, top two teams in your region, the top two teams maybe in the state for your classification. I'm wondering just how far, in your estimation, you guys have to go in order to, to, to meet up with the DCAs and the Nashville Christians of the world. Well, we've just got to, we've got to bring some linemen in, get them started here in our program early. Uh, get those guys in the weight room, get them stronger, uh, get them a little more uh, technically savvy, uh, things like that. Those, those, We had a lot of breakdowns, a lot of mix-ups and things, and once the snowball started rolling, uh, we didn't step up the way we need to step up. And, you know, when you go back and look at the film, we had a lot of opportunities to score. Uh, we had two or three letdowns here on just about every play defensively that if we do – things the way we're coached and we're technically sound uh the ball game's a lot closer friday night uh we don't feel like it's indicative of who we are losing 38 to zero to donaldson christian academy and they racked up the yards and we were unable to do anything and just going back and looking at the film we were very close in a lot of situations to making some very good plays we just need to learn to make those plays but they're obviously both of those teams are historically good teams, dominant teams. There's some state championships there, and they're exactly what we're trying to build into. They're a great example of what we want to become. Uh, they're a little bigger up front. Their linemen have been there for uh, 
three and four years in their system. Their coaches have been there. Uh, their kids know then, you know, we got here late in June and, uh, we're still feel like we're a little bit behind scheme wise and technique wise. And, uh, we just think it's going to take a year or two to get that under our belt, get our players familiar with our system and what we do. And, uh, the expectation will grow and grow. And I think we'll be able to compete with those guys and even win. Yeah. So in that answer, one of the things that I take away from you coach is the fact that you took, that you say that you had your opportunities to score and you had your opportunities in those games. So there's got to be a lot of optimism, right? Well, there is a lot of optimism. When you look at the film with the kids, you show them the things that they do wrong. Uh, you show them how their head drops. When You know, it was it was sort of a once they scored a couple of times and we were unable to score both those games, you could kind of see it in their face. You could kind of see it in their eyes that uh, maybe, hey, we're the same old uh, Clarksville Academy and we're not the same old Clarksville Academy. We're a much better football team. There's just some breakdowns and some little things that we have to fix. We have to make better reads. Uh, we have to go into the whistle blows. There's just some little things, and we have to be technically sound to beat good football teams. But that goes for everyone. Uh, when DCA and National Christian meet up week 10, I believe it is, uh, it's probably going to come down to who's more technically sound, uh, who runs their scheme best, and, and the exact same things that we're talking about that we're going to have to do to ever get to that level. And we hope we can speed up that process and – I hope we can possibly make it to the playoffs, and I hope we get to see those guys again. It sounds like, as much of anything, Coach, it's a mental battle for your guys. So I'm curious, from the head coach's perspective, how do you address that mental battle? How do you get over that mental battle? Do, do you have an answer for that? Well, it's just like uh, everything else. You've just got to continually hit the wall, hit the wall, hit the wall. and At some point, it's going to break down, and they're going to figure it out. You know, we were able to have some early success in scrimmages and they were able to see that, Hey, if, if we're close to being equal to a team, we're able to do some things that make us successful and make us win ball games. So in those situations where we're supposed to win, uh, we've won and won handily. And, uh, we played a couple of teams, middle Tennessee Christian, FACS just pop out, you know, they're four and three and three and three and, uh, some pretty solid football teams, and we were able, uh, when the, the talent level was kind of even, uh, we were able to figure out ways to win ball games. Uh, so we've, we've been able to beat that into them, not literally beat, but beat that into them by just letting them know, <laughs> letting them know we're a different football team, we're a good football team, and when we do the things that we're supposed to do, uh, we're capable of showing up and beating anybody on Friday night. Uh, now, Beating elite teams like Nashville Christian and Donaldson Christian Academy, it's a little bit harder to get that process across because you're not able to do it for 10 or 15 plays or uh, 20 or 25 plays. To beat teams like that, you have to come and you have to do it four quarters, play in and play out, and we've been unable to do that. And when things started going bad, like I said, I feel like we kind of drop our head and same old, same old. We're not as good as them. And uh, they're certainly great football teams. They're one and two for a reason. But uh, I just do not believe the scores are indicative of who we really are as a football team. Scott, it seems like one of the things that you've really been driving home is not being the Samuel Clarksville Academy team. Um, and I was actually at the game last season where uh, Clarksville Academy lost to Grace Christian Academy, um, your upcoming opponent this week. And that was a very close game throughout um, – 
really a heartbreaking loss for the uh, 2020 Cougars. Um, but it seems like both teams have really improved this year. Both teams coming into this game at five and two. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of common opponents with similar scores. Um, how important do you think that this game is going to be for the culture of not being that same old Cougars team? Well, this is a this is a huge game for us. It's a, a game that, like you said, last year and in the past, they haven't been able to win those football games. Just like uh, uh, Middle Tennessee Christian was a really close game, and we had to find a way to win in the end. And uh, FACS was a pretty close game at halftime, and uh, we had to figure out a way to, to come through there and win it. Uh, I expect the same thing Friday night. You know, these guys are going to fight. They're much improved. We feel like we're much improved. Uh, I'm sure they're going to have a – uh, great game plan. I feel like we've got a great game plan and some things that we can do to them, and I'm sure they've got some things they feel like they could do to uh, hurt us. But at some point in the night, uh, our kids are going to be challenged, and their kids are going to be challenged, and our kids are going to have to fight. It's not going to be a, a lopsided victory. When we're able to do that and we're able to have some success early, we're usually able to put our foot on the gas, but this is probably going to be one of those games where somebody throws a haymaker and somebody throws one back. and uh, We're going to have to see how many times we'll get up off the ground and continue to fight and how many times they will get up off the ground and continue to fight. And that's what our team has to learn. Uh, for us to be successful against good football teams, they have to continue to fight and fight and fight. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'll be there. I'm really looking forward to it. And uh, fun fact, that's actually the only game that will be in Clarksville uh, this Friday night. So, Anyone looking for plans this weekend? Uh, why don't you go ahead and check out the Cougars against Grace, Grace Christian Academy? Only game in town. We would love the support. Be sure to be, have your blue on. Absolutely. Going go on out there rocking the Cougar blue. Well, uh, thank you, Scott. I really appreciate you joining us again today. Uh, great talk to you, and as always, and best of luck on Friday. Thank you, and go Cougars. We welcome in Montgomery Central head coach Jeff Tomlinson, coach of the 7-0 Indians, 5-0 in region play, uh, one of the last undefeated teams in the entire state after getting their 12-6 win over Greenbrier. Jeff, how you doing today? Doing good, doing very good. So Jeff, uh, one thing that I, I kind of want to hear you talk about is uh, that, that kind of unique touchdown play that you guys had on uh, Friday night to get you the win over Greenbrier. It was 6-6 six six, uh, for a while. And then you guys kind of get a little bit of what you call the trick play, um, kind of hiding the tight end, getting him up the seam, and having your quarterback uh, get him in stride for that touchdown. Um, but that play has a little bit of a unique origin. Uh, why don't you uh, tell us a bit about that? Yeah, well, uh, well, first of all, you know, the, the play um, design, we, we covered up the tight end, and then we motioned, we shifted and motioned. And while we did that, we used a couple of our better players, noticeable players in case of Cunningham and Cade, to catch the eye of the defenders. And, uh, you know, and then we slid the tight end down the scene without them, you know, picking up on it. Um, the play was originated. One of my, one of my friends, um, Danny Boner, who is, uh, the leader of the Ag Academy here at Central has, uh, has a history of teaching. He's taught at, uh, at coached, I'm sorry, coached at, uh, Sycamore High School and he's also coached it in Alabama. Uh, we talk regularly about football, about scheme, about different things. And, and he was, we were talking about that play one day and he said, well, we ran this back in, you know, so and so in time, and he, he drew the play up, and so I like that. So uh, we've we've had it in for a while, just never had an opportunity to use it, uh, and the, the opportunity arose Friday night, and, and we used it. So, I, you know, that's you, coaches steal from each other all the time, and I, you know, you, you know, use the word steal kind of lightly, but 
you know, that's, you know, we, we share ideas all the time and I got one from him and I appreciate it. And I told him after the game, I appreciated it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you do. It helped you uh, get that win, stay undefeated and not completely lock up that postseason yet, but it would take a lot to, uh, to not get that. Um, how I, I, now I, I do want to say, um, you know, not mathematically done yet, but if you guys win one more game or Greenbrier loses one more game, which, right. um, you know, but you're looking good. So why don't you just tell us a bit about um, being in this tough of a region, um, what it means to kind of have that uh, postseason spot all but locked up. Right. It's, it's, cra- it's crazy. Nineteen regions, let alone you got to fight through that. Um, every week is a region battle after week two. You know, you're every single week you're having to prepare for a win or prepare for a team that you need to that you need to beat and get a win in order to solidify your uh, spot in the playoffs and your rankings in the in the region. And you know, when you gotta do that every single week, it's you know, that's it's grueling. Um and uh, you know, we're just uh, thankful that the way that it worked out and we've had we've been fortunate. Injuries have have been a minimum this year for us and uh you know, we were we we able to uh, you know you know plug along and knock off some some big uh, some you get some big wins, especially the last two weeks. Um, but of course, you know you you all know that what's coming up is uh, is you know the the top of the region, and and we're, we're uh, we got our work cut out for us in the next three weeks. Jeff, before we get into those uh, final games, I guess a lighthearted question for you is: Who'd you make mad over the over at the TWSWA to put you in this nine-team region? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess I made somebody mad. I don't know, um, but it just it just that's the way it worked out. Uh, you know, they they didn't want to put uh, Tullahoma East because of time zone issues, and they didn't want to uh, uh, make too small four team in a five team region. They thought that was too small, so they just threw us all together. Told us to deal with it. Fair enough. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Jeff, the next question I've got is, you know, your first game against Sycamore um, ended or was not played due to COVID. Here you have a bye coming up. Are you guys trying to fill that bye with another team? Or are you going to take uh, uh, going to take that bye? I mean, how are you approaching that October fifteenth uh, date? Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna take this take it just a bye, and, and we're gonna take the week off as far as the game's concerned, and try to heal up a little bit, get our legs back underneath us for the long run down you know, the last three regular season games and then the push into the playoffs. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you guys got um, the uh, the region favorite at this point. I know you guys are both undefeated, but Tullahoma's already got that win under Pearl Cone under their belts, and uh, that's your next game. Uh, what have you seen from Tullahoma so far, and uh, just what are you expecting from that game? Well, that's, it's, they're machine like is what, you know, is the best way to put it. They're, they're big, they're physical, they're fundamentally sound, they're athletic. You know, you, you name it, they're, that's, they're them. They're, they are, they, they are definitely all that they're cut out to be. And, uh, we've got our work cut out for us. Um, I, I, not that I don't think we can go down there and put on a good performance and uh, be in the ball game at the end and have a chance to win because that's what I told our players yesterday and I fully believe that. You know, our game plan doesn't change from any week that we've had so far. We're going to try to do, use ball control and keep the ball out of their hands and shorten the game by running clock and uh, hope to have a chance at the end. Right, and uh, in, in that Greenbrier game, well, one of your guys' most gifted offensive players, Andrew White, went down with an injury and uh, didn't return to the game. Um, how's he looking right now, and uh, what's the status for the uh, Tullahoma game? 
Um, he's, uh, you know, he had a slight separation, uh, his shoulder. He, uh, he's, he's doing good. He, uh, he practiced a little bit yesterday, um, non-contact. He'll be non-contact again, probably today and tomorrow. Um, uh, it, it's going to be a game time decision right now. He's questionable. Coach, got to make the long trip to Tullahoma. I, I'm wondering, you know, is there any, is there any special plans to leave school early to get down there in plenty of time? I mean, how much, how big of a deal is it to make that, I don't know, it, certainly at least an hour and a half drive all the way down to Tullahoma? Yeah, it, it, it definitely has a plan. And, and, you know, we had to do the same thing to Lawrence County uh, not too long ago or earlier in the season. So kind of a similar drive. This one's probably about 10 or 15 minutes longer. Um, but uh, our plan is to leave school a little early. Uh, and uh, we're going to stop in Dixon um, on the way, get a bite to eat in Dixon, and then get back on the bus, hit 840, and go around and get the, hope to get down there about 5 o'clock. There you go. And uh, now, now people mentioned in this region, I know really the, the big focus on the, in this region, other than it being a nine-team region coming into this season, was there was really a, kind of a big three in Tullahoma, Marshall County, and Pearl Cone. Um, and ever since, you know, week, week two, really, after your Sycamore game got canceled, I mean, you've kind of inserted yourself into that conversation and what might be looking like a big four almost. I mean, up until uh, – two weeks ago against Creekwood, you guys didn't really have a game that was close, nothing that was decided within one score. Uh, do you feel like that you guys might have been overlooked, and uh, do you feel like you've kind of made yourself uh, made yourself noticed? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I, you know, I think we were a little overlooked at the beginning of the year, and people started to catch notice as the game, as the season went on. Um, but uh, it, to put us in that category with those three, I don't know that we're there yet. We've got to go prove it. And, and we haven't proved it yet. So, uh, you know, of course, we haven't had an opportunity to prove it, but we're, it's coming up to have that opportunity to prove that we are could be the big four instead of the big three. But until we get there and prove it, it it's still the big three in my mind. There you go. Always looking to, to prove yourselves. Um, so if you had to say there was one key to this Tullahoma game, one or two things that you guys really need to do to keep it close or get the win, uh, what have you been uh, kind of focusing on? Uh, don't give up the big play on defense and ball control, run the clock um, th- three yards, four yards at a time, get first down after first down. Focus on getting first downs, not touchdowns, um, you know, because t- first downs eventually turn into touchdowns. So, uh, you know, if you, ra- you put enough of them together, you know, you get yourself in a position to score. So um, ball control, getting first downs on offense, and then just don't give up the big score on defense. Well, I'll tell you what, that sounds like Montgomery Central football to me. That's uh, Jeff, thank That's you. Uh, thank you for there. joining That's us. Our game plan. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's it's run the ball. Uh, get everyone home by nine thirty, right? That's right. <laughs> I, 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 I tease all the time. Our our defensive coordinator. He, you know, he goes to bed real early. He's an ex military guy. He goes to bed early. He gets up real early. And I tell everybody all the time that you know we got to get this game over. This coach goes fast past his bedtime. We got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, best way to do it: keep the keep the clock running. Keep keep the ball in your hands. Well, uh, Jeff, uh, thank you for joining us once again here on Coach Speak. Uh, best of luck this Friday. Uh, I know you guys got a big one coming up, and um, we're rooting for you. Well, I appreciate that, and we look forward to Friday night and see how we'll see where we stand. Zach, it's that time of the week again. It's time to get into our picks. This is always our favorite segment. I know uh, people love hearing about them as well. I actually got some uh, 
some gelatin people in my mentions last week after they beat Rossi oh. when I uh, when I predicted that Rossi would beat them. So, hey, shout out to shout out to the Green Wave, uh, proving me incredibly <laughs> wrong uh, with that big win. But uh, let's see who, who I'm going to get wrong this week. Um, one that I'm pretty confident in uh, starting us off is Northeast Eagles going to Father Ryan to take on the Fighting Irish on Thursday. Um, Northeast, unfortunately, just has not been the team that we expected them to be this season. Um, they're 2-5 and five with their only wins coming against uh, West Creek and Northwest, who are the teams that uh, we would very much expect them to be. Um, other than that, they've, they've struggled, whereas Father Ryan is the uh, number 12 team in this latest uh, Main Street Preps poll. So um, not a ton of uh, thought having to go in Having to go into this one, um, I mean, Father Ryan has already has already played teams like East Nashville, Brentwood, Cane Ridge, Pope Prep, NBA, Knoxville Catholic. I mean, what else do I got to say? I got I got the Fighting Irish winning this one, uh, 48 to six. Um, looking at my second game, uh, this is also a Thursday game, which I don't know if I just mentioned about Northeast, but that's a Thursday game as well. Um, but also on Thursday, we have the West Street Coyotes at Clarksville Wildcats. Uh, Clarksville is uh, four and three and one and two in the region, whereas West Creek is one and six and over three. Now, all that said, um, this one seems like a, a pretty safe pick for Clarksville. Um, both of these teams are coming off just absolute drubbings to your schools. Uh, West Creek got crushed by Beach. Clarksville got crushed by Hendersonville, the game that you got to go see. Um, or I have to say, maybe had to go see, um, <laughs> <laughs> considering the contents of that game. Um, but Clarksville's definitely the, the, the clear favorite in this game. They've had some uh, some rough games this year. Um, I mean, just look at last week. Um, but I think as long as they come out, they play sound football, which they're absolutely capable of doing. Um, they shouldn't have too much trouble with the Coyotes in this one. Um, getting this win for Clarksville also um, puts them in pretty good shape to get that fourth seed in uh, in the region, um, which you know is is pretty impressive for them in their first season in Six A. I know that they've kind of had a bit of a uh, tumultuous year, um, not having a quarterback after their quarterback Devin Garinger got hurt. Uh, before the season even started, so they've been just kind of rocking this quarterback by committee, not throwing the ball very much. So for them to even get into the postseason this year would be, um, would be, a, 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 I'd say, pretty, uh, pretty much a win for them, even if it will mean uh, an early exit. Um, whereas a loss for West Creek here, all but eliminates them. But I don't, fortunately, I don't think that's anything that uh, anyone didn't see coming. Um, I got Clarksville winning this one, 38 to 12. Now moving on to, yeah, go for it. Yeah, listen, I want to say something about Clarksville real, real fast. Uh, they've, they've just been in a tough spot. I mean, you hit on it, losing their quarterback pretty much, you know, did them in for, for the season. I think we, we mentioned about Jalen Washington. You know, quarterback is a prime spot for a football team, and, and to lose that guy before the season starts, I don't think that we can truly overlook that, Brady. I, I, you know, and I know I know, Coach doesn't, you know, Coach Shelby's not going to give excuses. That's just not the type of dude that he is, but – uh, you know, I think we can give excuses for him a little bit. Um, yeah, you know, absolutely. that's just a that's just a prime position to lose. And as far as their game against Hendersonville, you know, problems started before they even left Montgomery County. You know, they had bus troubles at school. They were late right. to the game. Uh, they, you know, they didn't start practice until about 30, 35 minutes before kickoff on the practice field. So it was just a rush, rush night for them. And so, you know, when they came out, Hendersonville was clicking on all cylinders. They're a good football team. And, you know, I'm not saying that, Clarksville did not want to be there, but they had so many factors going against them before that game even kicked off that I think they were playing behind the eight ball before before the kickoff. So um, I, I'm not sure that that 54-21 loss or 51-7 loss really because the, the 14 points were scored by backups in that fourth quarter against second and third teamers. I'm not I'm not sure that score is really truly indicative of how good Clarksville is. So 
Uh, I know I know fans see that score and think, what the heck happened down in Sumner County? But uh, they just had so many things going against some Friday night. Yeah, I got to agree. I've seen Clarksville play a, a good amount this season, and uh, I definitely say they're better than that score against Hendersonville. Granted, Hendersonville is one of the top, I don't know, what would you say, five teams in 6A, top five or six teams in 6A? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something like that. It, it all goes through Oakland and Summit anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, anyway, looking at my uh, third Thursday game, this is the one I'm going to be at, and this is the one I'm pretty excited about. Um, this is going to be the Rossview Hawks at the Kedwood Knights. This is a non-region game, so overall, in the grand scheme of things, doesn't mean a ton, but these teams always like to win games against uh, their city rivals. Um, these two teams don't really play each other very often, so that's going to make it really interesting. Um, Rossview really kind of excels, lives and dies by the defense, whereas that's the same for Kenwood, except with an offense. Um, I think... Uh, Jalen Washington is going to be one of the better quarterbacks Rossview has seen this year. Of course, Rossview's coming off just an absolutely, just a really ugly loss against Gallatin, and that's a team that really only runs the ball. So they're going to have to kind of switch gears to get ready for a team that'll throw the ball a little bit, spread you out that way. Um, and after seeing what Kenwood did against Portland, I think they could possibly be on the upswing here. Like I said, not a region game, so it's not the end of the world for any team that loses. Although Rossview is in, in in tough shape right now as far as the region goes, uh, with losses to teams like Clarksville and Gallatin, who are looking at the three and four seed. But uh, Rossview, I think them getting this win would would go a long way for them to not salvage their season, but at least you know take something good to come out of. But that said, I think Kenwood is just looking good right now. I think they're a team that's kind of may- maybe finally hitting that stride this year as they get into their final couple of games of the year, hopefully try to lock up that postseason spot. Um, I'm taking the Knights 20-13. to 13. You know, we've had Coach Hood on this podcast a couple times, and, uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of seniors on that team. If I'm not mistaken, right. maybe only five or six on the whole bunch. And, you know, it, yep. when you've got young guys, you're going to have to lick your wounds at some point. So a tough season for Rossview for sure. Uh, but I do think they'll be better for it come, come the next couple of years. I would think so, yeah. I think we can definitely see them contending for a postseason spot uh, in the years to come. But this year, kind of more of a learning year. Absolutely. Uh, looking at my slate, Brady, it's pretty dry here in Sumner County. As five county teams enjoy their bye week, that includes Gallatin, Pope Prep, Portland, Westmoreland, and White House. Uh, but as far as the games on tab Friday night, you've got three games, two of which on the road. Beach is going to make the trip to Springfield, and Hendersonville makes the trip to Shelbyville Central. So that means only Station Camp is the game. The only game in town this week is going to be Station Camp versus Wilson Central. So listen, if you if you've not got a game to go to and you're looking for some high school football, you've got one opportunity to make your make your way over to to the East Bank and see a undefeated football team playing a critical, critical Region 5-5A game. But as far as my picks uh, this week, Brady, we'll start out with Beach. Beach 4-2, 2-1 on the road at Springfield, who is 6-1, The last time these two teams met was in 2018. Fans at Shackle Island Stadium watched their Bucks leave with a 39-22 victory. Uh, fast forward three years later, and I still think fans uh, should expect another competitive football game. The Yellow Jackets, as I mentioned, 6-1 on the season with their only blemish coming in a weird 7-6 loss to Wilson Central at home. Very weird. Whereas the Bucks are 4-2 with losses to Summit and Hendersonville. Certainly nothing to hang your head about as those two teams are both ranked in the Main Street Prep Top 25. I do believe Dustin Wilson and Springfield will be ready to play this football game, as they always are. I, I'm not sure there's a coach in Middle Tennessee that that does that gets the most out of his guys than Dustin Wilson. He does a wonderful, wonderful job. 
in Springfield. Showed, of course, by his two class uh, class state championship appearances just only a few short years ago. Uh, and while I do think they will score some points and make this a second-half football game, I do think Beach's talent takes over, and they improve to 5-2 and two on the season. Give me the Bucks over Springfield, 35-21. to 21. That's going to be a really good game, I think. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing the final score for that. Springfield's a team that I've seen twice this year. Um, one game they played a very good game against Clarksville, beating them by two scores, and then another. Um, you know, I mentioned Jalen Washington missed the game earlier this year. That was against Springfield, and that was really kind of a non-contest overall as, uh, as Springfield kind of just ran over Kenwood. But um, I do like Springfield, man. I mean, they just got a road win against Henry County, and that's not an easy thing to do. Going to no, it's not. Um, I know Beach has a win over Henry County as well. Um, I think both of these teams are very much legitimate top 100, top 75 programs in the state. So it's going to be a good game. For sure. Up next on my games, uh, we're looking at Hendersonville, making the trip to Shelbyville Central. Hendersonville 4-2 on the year, 3-0 in league play. Shelbyville 2-4 and and 1-1 in league play. Of course, this is not a region contest, uh, but a very important contest for Hendersonville. Uh, they have eyes. They have, or excuse me, they have their eyes set on making a deep run, and this is a game that I think they have to win in order to continue to build their confidence. Um, that all that said, you'd have to go back six seasons to find the last time these two teams met on the gridiron uh, as they make this red trip down down to Shelbyville Central. Um, the 43 to 20 victory over the Eagles in the Class 5A playoffs was the second to last season Hendersonville played in Class 5A. So, so the opportunity to face off against one another hasn't always been available. But as far as this game, I do expect Hendersonville to come home with the victory. Uh, the Eagles are a very good football team, and they will present a challenge offensively. But it doesn't look like that high-flying offense that you're used to seeing out of Shelbyville uh, as they don't usually score more than 21, 28 points in a ball game. Like I said, Hendersonville is on a mission this season, and I think they make a statement Friday night on the road. Give me Hendersonville big, 49-14. to 14. And wrapping up my weekly picks is Station Camp at home against Wilson Central. Station Camp 6-0, 3-0 in region play. Wilson Central 5-2 and 2-2 and and in region play. Like I mentioned, the only county game at home and also the only region game uh, in the county this week. You know, it's it's really hard, Brady, to believe that just one year ago today, Station Camp was searching for its first win. And now a year later, here they are in the driver's seat for region 5-5A five, five, five title quite the remarkable turnaround for Brent Alexander in his bunch. It's, I just don't I just don't know if we could overlook that. You know, they're on course they're, 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 yeah, they're on course for, you know, being 10 and 0. You know, they're 6 and 0. It's hard to it's hard to look ahead, but judging, you know, their course does say 10 and 0 and if they were to do that, they'd be only the second team in Tennessee high school football history to go from 0 and 10 to 10 and 0. Wow. The first te- the first team being uh, White House 3, I believe it was 3 years ago 2018. When they went from 0 and 10 to 10 and 0, so it's very rare for it to happen. Station Camp, of course, do that. Uh, all that said, though, the Wildcats are a talented bunch at two and two in league play, so you know they have the attention of the Bison. So, I, but the biggest thing for me is how does Station Camp rebound from their massive win over over Mount Juliet? I do think there is something to say, Brady, for getting eight days off as opposed to only seven days off. They're thinking, oh, that's only 24 hours. That's still 24 hours for their, their bodies to rest. That's 24 hours for the station camp coaches to go to the Wilson Central football game and scout the Wildcats. So I do think that is a little bit of an advantage. Now, I know Bison fans are clamoring for me to pick against their favorite team because it seems like every time I pick against station camp, <laughs> they win. Um, 
But listen, it's my record on the line here, so I've got to go uh, with with Station Camp. Give me the Bison in a thriller, twenty-eight to twenty-five. Whew. That is that is a tight one, and I know you'll be there. Uh, you know, like you said, only game in town. Only um, game in town. That's right. You know, I. I one thing I feel like uh, people don't totally understand with football is, you know, we, we see after a, after a brutal loss, people are going to be like, oh, well, you guys just got to move on from it. You know, you got to just just forget about it. But I think the same can be said about the wins, too. I mean, yeah. Station Camp, if, if they if they linger on that Mount Juliet win too long, then that's going to affect them coming into this week. So, um, you know, I, I know that they, they love getting that win, but kind of similar case. Got to move up. Got to look ahead to the next one. Yeah, and you'll, you'll hear more from this from Brent, but you know, I, I asked him because that's obviously one of the biggest questions. Is like, how do you make sure your guys are are enjoying this win but moving on? And, and you know, quite simply, he just said you know, they've got 24 hours, and you know, they can enjoy it for 24 hours. But when they come in to the facility on Friday, which was this was past Friday, when they come into the facility on Friday, that it's it's a clean slate, it's a new opponent, and. Uh, yeah, this game is big. You know, it's going to tell a lot about just the mentality of this team, right? I mean, if they can, if they can go in and move to seven and zero and four and zero in region play, you got to think like, man, how far can this team go? You know, this this postseason, and so um, it will be interesting to see how they respond, Brady. I, I do agree that that's one of the main storylines next Friday. So that's what I'm looking forward to, and uh, yeah, I guess we'll see how it plays out. No question. And uh, now looking at my next game, uh, we're getting into my Friday slate now. Those uh, last three games that I talked about were Thursday games. The rest of these games going forward are going to be Friday games. First one, I don't really have too much to say about it. It's the Northwest Vikings, 1-6 and six against the Nashville Christian Eagles. Um, you heard Scott Murray say that he thinks that Nashville Christian is a team, one of the, if not the second, if they're not the best team in in uh, District, uh, I'm sorry, Division 2, 1A, um, they're the second best team. I mean, this is a team that's going to be playing for a, 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 a state championship this year. Um, whereas Northwest, um, let's just say they're looking ahead of next year a little bit. Um, I've got national Christian winning this one, 56 to nothing. Um, now, now looking ahead, um, this is going to be one that I'm going to be at on Friday. Uh, this is going to be the uh, game we talked about with Scott Murray, the Grace Christian Academy Lions, who are five and two and zero and one in the district, against the Clarksville Academy Cougars, who are five and two and zero and two in the district. Um, all of those losses combined have come to both uh, Nashville Christian and Dallas Christian. So I really think that these two teams are possibly that second tier in their region after Dallas and Christian and Nashville Christian. You're going to be fighting for that three or four seed um, behind those teams. Um, and I think whoever wins this game, that could determine who gets that number three spot. Now, these guys played a really close game last year, a game that I was at in week two. It was technically Clarksville Academy's first game uh, as they were had to miss their first game for COVID. Um, and that that was just a heck of a game. But Clarksville Academy is so much better this year than they were last year. I mean, we, we, you could just see it in their record, in the teams that um, I'm not even, not necessarily in the teams they've beaten, but in, in the games that they've won. I mean, they've, They've had like one close win. The rest of their wins have just been absolutely just blowouts. Um, and they've played the best teams in the, in the district closer than they have in previous years as well. Um, so, you know, that, that means something. And uh, you can tell from Scott Murray talking to him that he believes in this team. This, he He's confident in these guys. He, he's seen a lot of growth in them. Um, but GCA, I mean, this is a good team. Uh, this is a team I think that almost matches up perfectly with Barcelona Academy. This is maybe the most even game that Parcel Academy is going to play all season. I mean, <laughs> this is going to be a really good football game. If you can't tell, I'm excited about this game. 
Um, but I think Clarkson Academy being the home team in this one, um, coming off that game against Donaldson Christian, you know, it's kind of like, you know, a lot of time you see athletes working out with like resistance bands on, you know, running off a wall with a resistance band because, you know, once they get off that band, they're going to be running a little bit faster. It's going to running, it's going to feel a little bit easier. I feel, I feel like that's kind of a good analogy for how Clarkson Academy is going to feel this time, you know, going up against a team that's not quite as good as Donaldson Christian. Things might look a little bit slower out there. They, they might see holes a little bit easier. Um, so I'm going to take Clarksville Academy 27 to 24. Now looking at my final game, uh, you know it's it's Montgomery Central at Tullahoma. I mean, these two teams are two of the uh, last, I believe it was 33 undefeated teams in the state. I mean, you think about that, that is not a lot of teams, man. Yeah. Um, you know, Station Camp is one of them, Montgomery Central, Tullahoma, two of the other ones. Um, so to have an, a matchup of undefeated teams this late in the season, I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, unfortunately, I can't get to this game because it's in Tullahoma. Um, that's a Bit of a, dr- a drive for me. And as much yeah, as just, a watching, uh, just a bit. Just a bit. Just a bit. Why I love watching Montgomery Central? Uh, <laughs> I'm going to take that Carson Academy drive instead. Uh, a little bit closer for me. Um, but this is going to be a re- really a test for Montgomery Central. This is far and away the best team that they, they, they've played this season. Um, whether it's the best team they will play this season remains to be seen. I know Tullahoma did beat Pearl Cone, um, and that itself is just insane to me because Pearl Cone came into, I, th- I think, probably came into the season as the runaway favorite to 4A, um, if not, you know, one of the top two or three. Um, but if, if Montgomery Central, I think if they even make this game look respectable, um, they don't necessarily have to win. Obviously, a win, you know, gives them a real shot at getting first place in the region, which would just be insane. Um, but I think if they make this game look respectable, they're going to really make people realize that, you know what, hey, Montgomery Central, this, this is a good football team, you know. Uh, this is a team that we could maybe look at as... A team that you know may, maybe can get to the second round quarterfinals in the post in the four A postseason, which would be very cool for uh, that program. Um, but that said, Tullahoma is just such a good football team. Um, I, I think if Montgomery Central can hold them to two touchdowns or less, they've got the chance. But they they haven't been held to less than twenty points all season. Um, Tullahoma is just such a good football team. It, it's hard to pick against them, so I'm going to take Tullahoma twenty four to seven. You know you've got a long drive when Coach Tomlinson says they're going to stop off in Dixon County to get a bite to eat, bite to eat before they head down to Tullahoma. Yeah, man, we should have asked them what they're planning on getting to eat now, you know, that post-game meal, because if they win that game after stopping to eat at Dixon, then I might be driving to Dixon before, like, you know, anything. Um, you know, if, if I got a date coming up, I got to drive to Dixon and get whatever they had to eat, because if they're beating Tullahoma with that kind of pre-game meal, whew. Well, I can't imagine too many great options in Dixon County. I've actually never been to Dixon County, but I can't imagine that, you know, we should have got Casey Patrick, our Dixon County reporter, I was gonna say. <laughs> to, to give us the local eateries around town. But uh, <laughs> I can't our imagine there's too many great options. But hopefully they avoid the McDonald's and the Wendy's. And, yeah, you know, hopefully, hopefully they can, you know, maybe find a sub shop or something to, to snack on. Hopefully some, something to get them fueled up. Thank you, everybody, again for joining us for yet another week of Coach Speak. Uh, we always love talking to you guys. And, uh, I mean, hey, we got a great great slate of football games coming up this week. Uh, a couple games, only game in town, as we mentioned. And uh, look forward to talking to you guys again next week. See you on the field, everybody. You've been listening to Coach Speak with Brady and Zach, the latest in high school football from Montgomery and Sumner Counties. For more on high school sports in Middle Tennessee, visit MainStreetPreps.com.